at this time that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, the hearing and understanding of those present would be acceptable in your sight now and forevermore. Amen. I'm going to actually start with our scripture verse today. Um, this is coming from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching at one of the synagogues, and a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called, to her, called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hand on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work. So come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, You hypocrite, doesn't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox and donkey from the stall and lead it out to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18, year, 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her. When he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. So here we have Jesus performing a miracle. He heals somebody who has been suffering for years. And somebody gets upset about it. Can you imagine getting upset about a miracle? Well, to be fair, it was the Sabbath. And I think the Sabbath was a bigger deal back then than we think it is today. Um, I think we all remember back in the day when everything was closed on Sunday, right? Everything used to be closed. I know a lot of people have told me they remember when they were kids that they would get home from church and have to just sit. They weren't allowed to do anything at all. I don't know, did anybody here, was anybody here in that kind of a family where you got home on Sunday and you just had to sit and do nothing? Because well, the Bible tells us we're not, we're not supposed to work on the Sabbath, even though technically their Sabbath was on Saturday. That's a different story. But everything used to be closed. And we, here we are today where that's, that's not really the case. On our way home, Robin and I are probably going to stop at the grocery store. We need at least cat food, I think. Have to figure out something for dinner. Not the cat food. <laughs> Not the cat food for dinner. But we do need cat food. But we're used to stuff being open now. In fact, um, 
after the first church service we were at this morning, I was thinking about there's a new restaurant open on the way here. I was thinking it would be nice to stop there today. But they're closed. And honestly, they're, they're closed on Sundays. And honestly, I was a little disappointed by that. I guess I'm part of the problem. I remember back a few Christmases ago. On Christmas morning, I had to go out and find some place that was open to get something. And I found a Rite Aid was open on Christmas Day. I felt bad about it. I, I you know, it was it was something that we needed for the afternoon. And I felt bad about it. I I told the guy who was working the cash register, I'm sorry for having to come in today and buy something. I must be part of the problem. He said, don't worry about it. I'm Jewish. He wasn't celebrating Christmas. Might as well get the overtime. But Sabbath was a big deal. And the idea of working on the Sabbath was just so unthinkable. So unthinkable. After all, it was, it was commanded by God that we rest on the Sabbath. So much so that the religious folks sat down and they made, a, they made an expansive list of things you couldn't do on the Sabbath. A very detailed extra list. For example... If you stood up from sitting in a chair and your chair moved when you stood up, you have plowed a field because the chair scraped the ground. You have plowed a field and have therefore sinned against God because you stood up from your chair. It's a good reason not to stand up from a chair, isn't it? But even for those of us who would go home from church on Sunday and not do anything and we weren't supposed to work, I bet your mom cooked. It's, it's not possible to take a day and not work or not be responsible for somebody else working. It's important that we take time to rest. That is important. I'm going to go that far. We all need rest now and then. But here we have the religious leaders upset because, well, maybe we shouldn't have miracles on the Sabbath day. We, we, you, you can do miracles the rest of the week. But it doesn't have to be today. What a weird rule. Because a miracle is the work of God, right? Here, God's doing his miracle on the Sabbath. And because it's the Sabbath, this guy's getting upset about it. But I trust Jesus knew what he was doing. Let's take a look at this woman. 
It said she was crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. And Jesus called out to her. He was very intentional about calling out to her specifically, loudly, to get her attention. And you know what? She shouldn't have even been there. If she was in the synagogue on a Sabbath and she had an unclean spirit in her that was causing her this infirmity, she should not have been there. The idea of uncleanness, we, th we, we mistake it sometimes for being something that's sinful. But what uncleanness really is, is something that's, that's there that separates you from God. It's, it's not a sin because a lot of the things that might make us unclean are things we can't help. Uh, for example, if you were to touch uh, a dead body you would be unclean. If you cut yourself and bleed, you're unclean. And then these are, these might be things that you can't help. But they're things that kind of separate us from God. And when this thing happens, this thing that makes us unclean, then we just need to go through a purification process, uh, say certain prayers. They had to make a sacrifice at the temple, um, be blessed by holy men and you were clean again and you could enter the presence of God. So she should not have even been there and Jesus calls attention to her. And he says to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Now as I was as I was looking this up, I came across something I found kind of interesting, and I'm really glad I found it. Calling her woman is really not the best translation for this in this particular sense, because a, a lot of times, I, I, I know the ladies here, if somebody walked up to you on the street and said, hey, woman, would you be happy about that? Probably not. But this is the word that Jesus is using to refer to this woman. This is the same word that Jesus used when he was hanging on the cross talking to his mother. He addressed his mother as woman. This is actually, the word that they use here is, is a term of endearment. It might be better to change this word to dear. My dear. Because as a term of endearment, just calling somebody woman doesn't sound that endearing. Reminds me of my school days learning French. There's a French term of endearment called, that's mon petit chouchou. That sounds really sweet, doesn't it? In French, mon petit chouchou. It's a term of endearment, literally translated to my little cabbage head. Not so sweet. 
But I guess it's a term of endearment. It's like calling someone my dear. And Jesus refers to this woman that way. My dear. Because he loved her. Because he came for her. He was there that day, not just to teach in the synagogue, but he was there to see to it that she was healed. He was there because he knew he had come to die on the cross for her because he loved her just as he does us. Then he put his hand on her and since she was inhabited by an unclean spirit, he should not have touched her especially in the synagogue, because that would make him unclean as well. It would separate him from God. Even though he was God, he could not be separated from God by something as simple as that. She immediately straightened up and praised God. Well, who would a miracle is happening right there in church. Hallelujah. But the guy in charge of the synagogue gets upset. Because there's rules. There's rules to follow. And Jesus isn't following the rules. A lot of times in churches, you'll hear this referred to as legalism. There are things you're supposed to do. There's a, there's a right way to do things. Right? Perhaps if you've ever been, you know, deeply involved in a church, in church politics, you know there's, there's right ways to do things, and there's wrong ways to do things. The right way to do things usually involves a committee. I remember there was a church that Robin and I used to attend where the bathrooms were all in the lower level. And it was hard for a few people to get down the steps to where the bathrooms were. So a committee had been formed to try to have a bathroom built on the main floor. Seems like a good idea, but it was taking the committee forever to get anything done. But that's the right way to do it. So someone took it upon themselves to come in during the week one week and start building. And left half a bathroom built, which encouraged the committee to speed things up and get it done. That's not the right way to do things, but it gets things done, doesn't it? And sometimes that's what we need to do, is get things done. 
even if it's not the right way. Jesus what did what he did out of love. And in the eyes of the guy in charge of the synagogue, it wasn't the right way to do it. It wasn't the right thing to do, but it was, wasn't it? It was the loving thing to do. It was the kind thing to do. I remember once as I was starting into ministry, one of the things that a very wise preacher told me was that it is better to be kind than right. It is better to be kind than right. Because sometimes being right isn't very nice. We have our story example here. Right wasn't nice. If it was up to him, that woman would have suffered for maybe another day. It's been 18 years. Let's end that suffering. God is going to do what he's going to do, and he does it out of love. Jesus does what he's going to do, and he does it out of love. He did it for this woman. He does it for us. And he calls us to do it as well. He points out that even on the synagogue, or even on the Sabbath, you you let your animals out, that's work. Looking back on our own lives, even though we weren't supposed to work on the Sabbath, by golly, mom was cooking. The work got done, and that meant somebody did it. Sometimes we don't even think about it. We're so accustomed to doing what we do. We sometimes forget what's going on and try to do things like that. One of the examples that comes to mind for me was not that long ago. We had a, we had a little blackout in our neighborhood. It was a car hit a telephone pole or something. Oh, no, no, it was a, it was a tree branch. Fell in the storm and broke the power lines. And we're sitting there waiting for the power to come back on. Sitting in the dark, the sun was down. I had called the power company on my cell phone. They said the power would be back by midnight. So we're sitting there in the dark and I'm kind of bored and thinking, well, at least I can watch TV. So I picked up the clicker and why won't the TV come on? Not even thinking about it. 
We, we do things out of habit. And sometimes maybe we do the wrong thing. I don't think there's ever a wrong time for us to love. Certainly it was okay for Jesus to heal somebody on the Sabbath. How could there be a wrong time to heal someone. As we go through our week, let us consider the things that we do. Consider our attitudes. Consider the way we treat people. Are we more concerned about being right or about being loving. I wonder I wonder sometimes when we're talking to someone perhaps we we don't really know everything that's going on in that person's life. We don't understand how they might be suffering quietly. I mean, certainly in this little group here, we don't share all of our prayer concerns with everybody. But to be loving, to be understanding, that someone might be going through something we don't understand. To take that minute to be loving and caring. That's the example that we are shown. This program has been copyrighted under the Creative Commons Attributes Non-Commercial Share-Alike License. If you would like to contact Colin, please feel free to email colinroberts412 at gmail.com. As we go from this place, let us not, never forget that Jesus loves us and he has called us to love others in just the same way, to be more loving than right. Amen.